This is the Better Pastor Podcast, where we focus on the skills you need to pastor better. Seminary didn't prepare us for everything, so let's keep learning and growing together. Today I am joined by my good friend, Pastor Jason McRae, who pastors Warsaw Bible Church near my hometown. He's in Warsaw, Missouri. I am from Sedalia, Missouri. And today we talk about how to express gentleness in ministry. All right, Jason, what does it mean to be gentle and express gentleness? And why is that an important aspect of pastoral ministry? I really appreciate the question. Um, And as I thought about trying to define it, one of the first things that came to my mind were usually people's objections or other other serious stoic type Christians who might have an objection to um, being gentle. And I thought, well, let's first define what it's not. Um, so gentleness does not mean being soft on sin, which is a, what they will sometimes come to a conclusion mm-hmm. on. Um, we, I think we all agree there needs to be an, an immovable place where we are concerning certain primary doctrine and the application of the doctrine. But the means by which we communicate those primary doctrines and the practice and deportment of the Christian needs to be done with more gentleness than I've seen in other pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just want to make sure we don't go down to this rabbit trail of well, what about sin? No, we're firm on sin, but the means by which you communicate it needs to be done with gentleness. The The other point I think needs to be made is there is a time to reprove and rebu- rebuke people where there may seem to be um, a lack of appearance of gentleness. But as pastors, uh, especially over the past couple of years, I feel like God's taken me down this road where I'm learning <laughs> I'm 56 years old. I'm learning that um, rebuking and reproving um, is way more effective with gentleness Mm. than it is with a heavy hand um, and firmness, so to speak. Like like what the proverb says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Mm. Um, I believe this is an important part of our ministry to answer that second part of the question, because we're called as pastors to be the the good shepherds of our local congregations under the great shepherd um, who has called us to this ministry. And so we are called, we're supposed to behave in the same manner as Christ as much as we can. And as I look more and more at how Christ behaved toward other people, what I see is coming from Matthew 11, 28 and 29, when he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And then he says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So I would say gentleness is defined partly by what it is not. It's not soft on sin, but it is the method by which we communicate the passions and the love we have uh, toward people. Well, as you've brought up there, the example of Christ that we get 
from the Gospels. Let's continue down that path and press into Scripture more. <clears throat> There's plenty that Scripture has to say about gentleness across the board. So wh- where would you take the pastor who's considering his own expressions of gentleness uh, as, as we think about what Scripture has to say? Yes, um, I really appreciate that question as well, because um, any pastor who has seriously considered his role and his responsibility, even before becoming a pastor, would have taken a look at 1 Timothy 3 and Titus, looking at the requirements for elders and pastors. And in 1 Timothy 3.3, in that list, it says that you're not to be a drunkard, not violent, but gentle. So one of the first things I would bring up is it's a requirement. Uh, It's a required characteristic of all pastors. Um, I know some, as we talk with different pastors, and I'm sure you have as well, some would just say, well, I'm not wired that way. You know, that's just not my personality. Well, that may be true, but that's not a viable excuse Mm -hmm. for ignoring the requirement of what God has called every pastor to be. Yeah. Could you say the same thing of husband of one wife, uh, right? Uh, I, <laughs> God has wired me to go catting around. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Uh, the other uh, part of the scripture I would go to is First Peter 3.15. And even though that's not addressed solely to pastors, it is addressed to um, every Christian who is called to to give an answer for the hope that's within them. Mm. And that's what the verse says. It's you're supposed to sanctify the Lord Christ in your heart and being ready to give a defense or an answer to all who ask. And then at the end, it tells you two ways in which you are called, commanded to answer people. And it is with gentleness and respect. So once again, when all Christians are called to behave in that manner, we as pastors are um, held to a higher standard, uh, maybe not so much a higher standard as it is a greater responsibility. And so we need to lead the way. We need to show people what this gentleness looks like in answering questions. Um, Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you want to answer each person. So even though the word gentleness is not there, graciousness definitely is. I would also take him to 1 Thessalonians 2.7, where Paul, in talking with the church of Thessalonica, said, we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. Um, So there's the example of Paul. And if they wanted to continue listening and someone wants more proof, then you just need to read the Gospels Mm -hmm. and remember, how did Christ behave toward people? And granted, there's a time to be hard and firm and direct and and what some people might call calloused and they come across. But he only did that, as far as I remember, with the religious hypocrite. But how did he relate to the sinner, the publican, the tax collector, um, the one who was looking? It was always with gentleness. Yeah, the, uh, Randy Alcorn has an interesting quote uh, that Jesus was, I can't remember the word he used, harshest, strictest, something like that, with those whose doctrine was most like his own. 
(laughs) That's always stuck with me because they were hypocrites on paper. They were, their doctrine was most like Jesus's, but of course living, it wasn't. And when he was with sinners, um, especially when he was with uh, women who were sinners, um, he was just always so gentle. That's so true. Well, yeah. uh, definitions are going to be really important here um, because as we start thinking about the practicality of this and the application, which is what this podcast is all about, being practical, yes. uh, there's this probably this idea that exists that gentleness is in the eye of the beholder, so to speak, which to a degree I think might be true. Um, there are some people who could have some outlandish definitions of what gentleness is or should look like from a pastor. But um, for those listening, what are the factors they should be considering? What should start going through their head as they consider their own ministry and they're seeking to be gentle in that ministry? For me, well, I guess part of what uh, a story that happened actually just recently, um, preaching one Sunday morning and got really passionate about a certain topic. And afterwards, one of the, the people, uh, uh, kind of a visitor, really kind of new to the church, didn't know me very well. And the words he spoke to me were, he said, he said, you really came across as judgmental. Hmm. And I thought, judgmental, let me think through it. No, I didn't think I was being judgmental. I, I was being, I said, well, I, I felt passionate. I felt, you know, a strong conviction. And he goes, okay, I get that as well. And so in our minds, we may be thinking, as it relates to gentleness, in our minds, we may be thinking that we're being gentle, but I don't know that we're allowed so much to define how to, I don't know that we're allowed to evaluate our gentleness based upon what we think, but more upon how it affects the person we're speaking with. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people need gentleness with a, um, with your posture. So when I'm thinking about gentleness, there, there's a posture. If, if, even if I'm talking with a tone of gentleness, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm straight backed and looking up and looking sort of down, I'm with, your, you know, down my nose at him. Um, the words may be gentle, but the body posture is not. So um, there's a posture. There's, there's a, a posture of humility. Um, there's also just, once again, the tone of voice, I think you is critical. Uh, when I'm speaking with someone, I can speak with conviction and gentleness, and I'm learning that. And what I'm finding is um, a greater response to the gospel and a greater response to repentance through gentle firmness, rather than what we might call high-handed or firm, you better do this because the Bible says it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Am I answering the question? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, there's, with almost everything in life, but especially in pastoral ministry, and we're thinking about how we come across to other people, yes. there's always the potential for fear of man in this, too. Yes. And, and just thinking, being consumed with the thinking of how am I being perceived? So maybe, could we dwell on that for a minute and think about... <laughs> I don't know. You, you you do ministry in the lower Midwest where I'm from there, and uh, it's a weird convergence of Southern uh, type of sensibilities, but also some some of the Midwest stuff. And, and something with Midwesterners is we like to be nice. You know, Midwesterners want to be nice people. 
And so as we think about the fear of man being consumed with what other people think and the propensity to want to be nice and just be appear as a nice person, where does gentleness fit into all of that? My first response to that would be gentleness fits easily into the the idea of being nice. Because when someone, when I think of someone who's nice, uh, a few qualities come to my mind. One of them would be gentleness. You know, someone who is calloused is not nice. Someone who is so firm in, I mean, you can believe and believe well what you believe and believe rightly, but you can come across as arrogant and, and proud. Um in your firmness. You know, I've heard some guys say, you know, the Bible says this and there's no way you can tell me. It's like, okay, now I know you're right. There's no way I'm going to be able to tell you, even if I show you in the Bible, uh-huh. um, you know, God has said, and then you come across this way. So when I think of the culture we live in, being nice and gentle are to me are natural where I would struggle with gentleness is more on when you talk about the fear of man, is if I know some people who are very strong in their doctrinal belief and come across as more of a prophetic personality, you know, everything is black and white. There is no room for gray. Um, Thus saith the Lord. Those are the people I sometimes struggle with and being gentle with or being gentle in front of because I think I feel like they're going to look at me as being weak. Hmm. Gentleness is weakness. Hmm. You need to be firm. You need to tell them like it is. It's black and white. What about uh, the pastor who's listening that has more of that prophetic personality of everything is black and white? How can that hinder his his ministry? Yeah. I've been around in quite a few of those personalities. And I believe if you are a prophetic type of personality— Obviously, there's a place for that in ministry. You need that kind of personality, especially in someone who's starting a ministry, someone who needs to um, make all the decisions and and lead, and you see clearly black and white, and you're moving forward with things. Um, but I've also observed those who are so black and white that this is just the way it is. It is always this way, that they're limiting their... They're limiting the audience to which they're going to be able to talk to and minister to. Mm. That type of personality will gather around them other like-minded people like that uh, because they like to be around people that are just like that. But if you have someone who is suffering and and you, you don't have a gentleness within yourself, they're not going to come to you because they don't need the heavy hand. Mm. They need the soft touch. Mm. And so the heavy-handed person is going to miss out on ministering to the very people that Jesus says we need to focus on more, the orphan, the widow. Um, I mean, just recently I was talking with another pastor and thank God he, he is, he has learned gentleness. Um, And this could be, this could prompt another discussion in another podcast, but he had a, um, a transvestite come into his church and sit down a man dressed as a woman. And it was clear there were some prophetic personalities ready to tell this guy, you know, p- take off the dress and put on some jeans, you know. Um, and, you know, that's God, God abhors that sin. But thankfully, this pastor came in, sat down next to the guy, introduced himself with gentleness. He, he wasn't compromising his belief and doctrine, but he, he got to know the person, asked him his story. And here's what he found out. 
four months ago, that transvestite, uh, the transgender person, four months ago had come to Christ, got saved, knew that what he was doing was wrong, but didn't know how to make the change. Mm -hmm. And his experience with other people was only being told he's wrong, but not being told how to make it right. Mm -hmm. And so this pastor's gentleness gave him an audience with a sufferer and a sinner who was wanting to walk rightly, but had not yet found a gentle pastor hmm. to show them how. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a great reminder um, that we can sometimes miss out on the important details and the stories that we need to hear uh, when we're not being gentle. You you had mentioned someone coming up to you after a sermon recently, but what other interesting stories from your own personal experience do you have as you're learning, continuing to learn <laughs> to express gentleness? Because I think it is a a, a lifelong battle, um, a lifelong learning curve. But w- w- what are some stories from your own experience? You know, that was one of them that I just shared, and some of the other ones would just be kind of similar in that realm of the missed opportunities when you're not gentle. Um, for example, we can be very zealous, once again, be pro-life, okay? Pro-life, life begins at conception in the womb, um, you know, abortion is murder, I mean, we know these things, but there's a time and a place to say such things in that way. And I was, I observed recently in a group of, even it was a group of ladies who, who were being very strong pro-life language, pro-life language. There was a, another lady that had come into the group and they didn't know her very well. They didn't know that she had gotten an abortion um, years ago when she was a teenager. And so all she heard from them was condemnation and judgment. Now, without compromising our belief, they could have approached that topic with gentleness and had brought her in for healing and encouragement rather than her just concluding this group is a bunch of judgmental people and I'm going to have nothing to do with you. Yeah. So a lot of my stories are in that realm of just basically missed opportunities when there's not gentleness present. Well, it is such a difficult balancing act, isn't it? I mean, it is. there are issues that we are passionate about and rightly so if we wouldn't be passionate about them like life, that would be uh, a bad thing. Right. But the channel through which those convictions are expressed can sometimes just harm the whole cause. And and so that is a difficult balancing act. It, we haven't mentioned yet, though we've kind of danced around it, uh, Dane Ortland's book, Gentle and Lowly. You've mentioned yes. to me how uh, that book was really helpful for you as you read through it. Um Yes. I'm assuming that that's what kicked off your thoughts on this in the last couple of years, huh? Actually, it was a, a book by Michael Card. Oh. That was first. And I didn't know that Michael Card was an author. I knew he is a, a, a musician, um, a really good musician. I've been, by the way, I've been surprised at how many pastors have not listened to Michael Card hmm. and his music and songs. They are, they are so theologically profound, um, just amazing songs. But anyways, I didn't know he was an author. One of his books is called Inexpressible, where he takes the Hebrew word um, chesed and talks about how that is the um, indefinable word describing the, the, or is it the inexpressible word defining the undefinable God? Hmm. It's, it's a rather interesting book. Loved it. And it took me down the road of looking at God's Old Testament compassion, God's, God the Father's 
gentleness of the Old Testament. And then I came across Ray Ortland's book on gentle and lonely. And those two books just melded beautifully together to take me down this road. In fact, um, just to give you another story. Just recently, I had a young man in my church. Uh, so we have in our church elders and deacons, elders um, over the overall care of the church, the deacons, more of the physical ministry aspects like in Act 6. So there's a young man. He's, he's in his 20s, upper 20s, one of our deacons. And he just recently came up to me. So, you know, obviously, you know, I'm 55, 56. He's twice my, uh, you know, I'm almost twice his age, right? Uh -huh. He came up to me and said, Pastor, I've just really noticed that you've, you've grown a lot lately. And there's two ways you could take that, by the way. <laughs> this is the decision of, are you going to take the path of pride or humility, right? <laughs> Thank you. That's where I am. Thankfully, um, am I going to be offended because he was saying that I was not mature and I needed to grow and I've been growing or will I be gentle? And thankfully, since I've been going down this road, it was natural to think that way and to, 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 to thank him and, and just to let him know that I appreciate his observation because I have grown in the area of gentleness and I said, I, I think you should read this book. So I went and bought the book by Michael Card to get him kicked off to see. Um, so we always have opportunities as pastors uh, yeah. to respond with either pride or gentleness. Yeah, praise God. Well, to the pastor listening who's saying, okay, this is an area where I need to grow. Uh, maybe just hearing you speak, thinking, I, I hope in a couple of years I can be saying that I've grown in this area. But <laughs> What are some ways that a pastor can start showing more gentleness as he realizes he hasn't been faithful in this area of his ministry? Yeah. I really hope more, more of us can. And I'm really thankful that God took me down this road. Part of the way that I remember God taking me down this road was by reminding me who he is. So when I was reading the book by Michael Card, it reminded me that true God is all of these attributes that we like to talk about and elevate his omniscience, omnipotence, his sovereignty, all of these holiness. But when I began focusing on his compassion, it was an awakening moment in my life to where I was realizing I knew with my head, but I didn't know with my heart as much how undeserving I was of his compassion. And he began taking me down the road of humility to where I began to see that it's those things that need to be refined that God could do with gentleness or he could do with a, a hammer and chisel. And so I think for the pastor who realizes, okay, this is an area I need to grow. I would start off by re restudying the attributes of God, mainly his compassion, his mercy, his gentleness, and praying that God would transform his heart. And when God provides the opportunity to respond with gentleness rather than offense or pride, to do so. So a, a couple of years ago, my elders came to me. And said, there's some people in the church who think you spend too much time outside the office. There's some people who complain that you're not available in the office, uh, but you're out at the coffee shops and you're out at the 
other places. And my first response was um, defensiveness. Like, how dare you question me? I mean, I'm, I'm doing what I think I should do to glorify God. And it also hurt. It, it wounded me deeply because not so much that the people asked the question, but because my elders, two of the four said, we didn't know how to answer them, mm. which told me that they were having an issue. So I had a choice. I can either dig in my heels and justify why I did what I did or respond with a gentleness, which was, by the way, very hard. Yeah. It's almost and like said, it's unnatural, huh? It's unnatural. And so I didn't want to, but I adjusted my schedule. I stopped going out in the community and I stayed in my office more. Two things happened. Case, well, maybe more than that. I believe by choosing to humble myself, even though I felt and I still feel that I was right in what I was doing in the community, but by humbling myself and acceding to their perception that there was this opportunity for relationship growth. And it's really funny. One of the elders who questioned my activity a week or two later, they had someone in the community come to him and say, Hey, we just want you to know, we love you and your church. We love your pastor because he's always out here in the community. He's always visible. Unlike the other pastors. Mm -hmm. And that elder came to me and apologized for how he handled the situation. Um, so I think if a pastor who wants to grow in this area, they need to be intentional that when there's a perception of their rightness in an activity or how they handle the situation and they have some, an opportunity to do something unnatural, as you put it, choose the humility. Even if you're right, choose the humility without compromising doctrine. We're talking about practice here, not, mm -hmm. not doctrine. Mm -hmm. And look and see what God will do to your heart and also the hearts of the others. And that is really an act of service too. It's a slave mentality that you are here to serve other people. Um, you know, you can always say, well, why can't they wash their own feet? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, um, perhaps someone listening is thinking about the roles of a pastor in admonishment or rebuke and correction. Uh, again, going back to that, more of that prophetic voice in, yeah. you know, a pastor shouldn't be a doormat. A pastor needs to have a backbone. Absolutely. A pastor has got to have guts. I mean, we know yes. all this. So how can a pastor maintain gentleness, even in those types of situations where he has to take confront somebody or even the entire congregation about something? How can he maintain gentleness in that situation? Yes. Lately, um, I've seen the need for that in my teaching and preaching to where there needs to be a clear communication of the firmness of an issue. And so Oftentimes, it's really natural for us to come across as, thus saith the Lord, it's black and white in the Bible, here it is, accept it or repent, okay? You can be firm on all those things, but I believe it's going to be, once again, the tone of voice and the posture of your body. Are you going to communicate it with, um, I, am, I am absolutely inherently correct in what I'm saying, or will you communicate I believe this to be 
true and right in it. I believe it is. And just the, the tone of voice and the posture of the communication will allow you to communicate those things without compromise. Mm. And I have had numerous people open up with more opportunities to talk to them. Whereas before, when I come across as thus saith the word of God, there's no communication afterwards because they, they could hear from my voice. Oh, it, well, it's a, it's a closed matter in your, in your, you're not going to listen. But then with speaking it with a gentleness, with a voice, a tone, they see that I care, that I love them, that I believe this is important, but I'm also willing to listen. And then now I'm, I'm having more conversation. And this isn't, I mean, this is an important distinction to make in our day and age, I think. This isn't the woke winsomeness that we hear about sometimes about, you know, here's how we can be really winsome to the to the world or something like that. I mean, this is really just a heart for people, a compassion for people, particularly the household of God, yes. being expressed through our homiletics, our, our methodology in how we communicate, right? That that's That's what you're saying here. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not a softening of conviction. It is, it is not a compromising of, of primary uh, and secondary doctrines even. Um, it is just a, a hum. I thank you for that word. It's a homiletic. It is how we communicate firmly what we believe. Uh, and people can, the people can tell if you're just telling them what they, what you want to tell them and you're not going to brook any deviation from what you just said or you can communicate it firmly hmm. and they know that this guy loves me. He really cares. And I can talk to him about it, asking questions without being rebuked for questioning what he said. Yeah. yeah and I can speak from personal experience, even recent personal experience that I am at my best as a communicator when I am dealing with some level of personal humiliation and brokenness in my own heart where I feel really low, where I feel like the one who's beating his breast saying, be merciful to me, a sinner. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I've, when I've underwent, undergone, when I've undergone some sort of just humiliation, uh, humbling, that is when I am most effective. And it does seem that we do well, like you were saying with the Michael Card book, to get to know anew and afresh the compassion and the mercy of God, which begins with how bad we really are. Uh, right. When we're more in touch with our own frailty and fallenness, we yeah. will have more gentleness toward others who are frail and fallen, I think. We often think of Paul as being the prophetic preacher, black and white. But honestly, the more I've studied his words, I've come to realize um, there was a gentleness about Paul. Oh, yeah. Um, more than people give them credit for, especially when you, to just put a scripture to what you just said, Ephesians 4, where he said, we need to be tenderhearted toward one another, forgiving one another. And he goes on to say the reason for that is because Christ has forgiven us. I know that's a paraphrase, but that's the essence of it. Yeah. So we will be able to be tenderhearted, gentle, loving, forgiving, when we remember how much God has forgiven us. 
That's good. Well, uh, a lot of these themes uh, overlap with what we're going to record next, which is receiving criticism and looking forward yes. to that. But as we close out today, uh, what are some habits that pastors should form as they interact with people regularly, knowing that God expects them to be gentle? I mean, a, a pastor's life is interacting with people. And so what are right. some habits that can be formed in just the day-to-day interaction with people? One of the one of the verses that has become really dear to me is Ephesians 2.10, where um, Paul reminds us that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. And so in the realm of gentleness, in the realm of relating to people um, in the same manner that Christ related to them, I will often start my day by first thanking God. Thank you for preparing good works for me to do today. You prepared in advance these good works for me. All I've got to do is walk in them. So thank you. And then I intentionally pray, dependent upon who I'm going to meet that day, praying for the discernment to know how to relate to these people, to relate in this meeting. And if it needs to be gentleness, to pray for gentleness, to communicate without compromise, the compassion of Christ. So I believe it begins with um, prayer to develop the habit, being intentional to ask God, um, make me more gentle. And just know, as you as we alluded to earlier, that when we do, uh, like so someone says, don't pray for patience because God is going to put you in every impatient situation possible so you can learn it. So when we pray for gentleness, you know what's going to happen. He's going to bring you to the place to where there are many, many opportunities to be impatient, Mm -hmm. to be ungentle, um, to be less than humble. Um, Yeah, I would start that way. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I would do is I would ask someone who is willing to be honest with you, someone who's not afraid of your title as pastor, and the accountability and ask them, truly tell me, am I perceived as gentle or arrogant? And let them, give them permission to tell you what they think without justifying. Because the moment you justify why you did something, they're going to stop being honest with you. But you take what they've got to say and take it to God and ask him for the uh, truth of the matter. Maybe before you do that, wait till the receiving criticism episode comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, maybe you should wait on that. And, yes. and refresh yourself on the principles of how to receive criticism and then then go ask uh, for it. <laughs> there's so much correlation between gentleness and receiving criticism that it may almost sound very similar. Yeah. Well, well, these are not fun things. These are not fun habits that you've asked us to form here, uh, but there well, really is no other way, is there? I don't think there is. If we're to be honest, um, it's really easy to, as pastors, to think of leadership as this confident personality who gives to the people the bread of life, and they come to us for answers, and when we give them an answer, that's the answer. There's an aspect where that's true, but if we start believing that, we'll become arrogant, close-minded, and we'll close ourselves off from the very people we need to love and help. Great summary statement. Jason, thanks so much for joining me today to help us think through this. 
It's going to help us uh, hopefully become more gentle under shepherds. Thanks for joining me. Thank you.